Hello and good morning. I'm Javis Lewis. I'm your gracious host and thank you so much for joining me. Uh, good morning, Chanel. Good morning, GoWow. Good morning, DreamLab Studio. Lovely to have you on board. I uh, must admit we've got a bit of a technical glitch this morning and we've had it since yesterday evening. And what happens is that uh, apparently my data that I'm sending out to my friends at the San Bruno headquarters in uh, California, my friends at YouTube, of course, they don't appear to receive the data I'm sending them at the correct rate, mind you. Uh, they don't seem to receive them at a steady stream. So the stream doesn't look as fantastic as I had hoped it would be and as it did look, in fact, for the last couple of weeks. So uh, the consequence of that is that you're probably only going to get a 360p stream and that looks a little bit fuzzy. So what I may end up doing is just topping and tailing this and then I'm going to re-upload it in kind of slightly better quality and I'll post a link in the description on the live stream to that video. So just, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, I don't know what's happening, to be honest. I've tried streaming to Twitch and that worked well. Um, I've, uh, I've done a little uh, speed test. Actually, I can probably show you that. The results of which are staggeringly good. So uh, that is this, isn't it? Yes, there we go. So uh, I've got this. Uh, I've got this is my download speed. This is my upload speed. So things are indeed working well. So I really don't know what's what's going down there. But hey, it's one of those things, and uh, we shouldn't really worry about this. Um, it's uh, it's just a technical hitch, and that's just the nature of live television, I guess. Julia is here with me. Speaking of live television, that's how we met, actually. My wife, Julia, she's hacking away at the keyboard. Her keyboard wasn't working this morning, so, you know, it's working now. What a reboot can sort out. This is, this is, what, uh, this is what you sometimes have to do. I'm getting a spam call on the other line there just now. I'm not going to go and grab that. Uh, and I want to tell you about what we're going to do this morning. So I was thinking that we can uh, grab some older models, DAS models, and uh, make them usable in the IRA engine. And I'm going to talk you through how to build a little scene and uh, turn the materials from the, from the 3D light uh, setup over so that we can make them usable on the, the, with the IRA engine. I was thinking of using uh, Stacy, the 3D Universe figure Stacy. Shout out to my man Steve in South Africa there from 3D Universe. Uh, he's making amazing models still today and he's made this in 2004. Can you believe it? There's this... Uh, this whoops there's this um copyright notice here i don't know if you can see that that's uh, that says 2004 by 3d universe so very exciting stuff and um she was a cartoon uh, figure that was popular for a time but of course she's she's made for 3d light and she's not really made for uh iray and let's see if we can turn that into something that's uh, that looks palatable i'm going to use her stacy high-tech outfit so uh, what i thought we could do is anything that's kind of metal uh, or that's meant to be metal like the sword and these little belt buckles and all that we can turn that into iray materials and then uh, make them uh, nice and shiny and uh, see if that see if we can do that this is just a, a bodysuit we're not going to use that so that's that. And also we're going to use kind of her little partner in crime. I always like this little robot, Clank, also by 3D Universe. And he is he's kind of an old robot with, with all textures that are a bit abrasive. And uh, he's got a really big gun and definitely made for 3D light only. But again, if we 
convert the materials, then that's going to look handsome in, um, in iRay. I've got some, I've got something that I've made here. This is the portrait version of what I've, what I've posted there as the thumbnail yesterday. Uh, I believe we should be able to zoom in there a little bit. And then I can tell you what I've done here. So th these metal parts here on the figure, they're all turned, I've selected them as surfaces and then just applied one of the one of the uh, IRA materials that we get with the um, with the Das Studio installation. Uh, this here is a leather texture of which I've changed the bump map a little bit. So it, it came up with a bump map that was a little bit too large for my liking. So it had a pattern, but it's just a little bit too large. That's the stock leather shader that comes with the IRA library there. And other than that, yes, that, that goes on here. I think you can still see that here. This is, I think this is the larger bump map. I, I left that because I thought it was kind of nice to have just a bit of variation on the metal belt buckets. I think this is the gold shader. And you can also see that here on the bottom rim here. That's also a gold shader. So that looks like a nice hi-fi outfit. I've done the same with her shades here. So the glasses are also, I think this is a glass material that I've used the jade shader on. And I've changed the hair a little bit, so the, the regular 3D light shader did not work well with IRA. So that's, that's one thing. And then other than that, the sword is also gold and I believe brushed metal or something. Speaking of brushed metal, her friend Clank is entirely made of brushed metal. I don't think I've done anything to the ball bearings here, but we can certainly look at that. Perhaps we can come up with a similar scene here. And the eyes are usually red. They're like red like this, but I've turned them into emissive surfaces. So he's now going like got the laser, laser eyes going there. And the, I've duplicated Clank twice and given him different poses so that there's something like an interesting hi-fi tunnel uh, going on there. This is the landscape version of it, same thing, but that's the kind of the thumbnail that you've seen on YouTube, I believe. And then, uh, oh yes, this is the same kind of background. This is kind of a, a, the idea I had first because I got to tell you, I totally fell in love with the White Spring Collection by Danny and Marfono. That's, of course, a, a set that is made for the iRay rendering engine and this is one part of it and then there's this this is also something i've used in a photoshop tutorial recently in which i'm showing how to create this slightly overdone depth of field effect here entirely in photoshop that's not something i've done in das studio so we're gonna uh, we're gonna we're not gonna have a look at that but there is a video on my channel that explains how to do that but the set is just so phenomenal and that is why i'm going to use that as my backdrop let me bring that up here this is it i'm using daniel mafono's white spring collection volume two so there's four in total and luck would have it that they are currently on sale so uh, you can get them for i believe 50 percent off until the 21st of january and they just look so stunning i really like it i was thinking of there could even be a uh, let's just bring up some of the promo images here 
I was thinking of even making a complete comic series that with with uh, Stacy and Clank. I think that would be a cool idea, and they could investigate these I don't know scary looking sci-fi type tunnels. And uh, there's as I said, there's four collections in total, and you can make so many cool portraits with it. And what I really appreciate about this product too is that you don't only get the set, you get all these little knickknacks. So you get uh, shaders. You could you, these all these things that are presets for surfaces that you can apply if you know how to do it. There's several designs for things in the background, there's several lighting pieces and there's even camera poses in there. So you load a set and the camera is kind of set up like that, slightly Dutch angle and all that. It's, they, these guys really know what they're doing. And I love it when you don't just get the pose for a, ca for a character, you get all kinds of other things that really make you investigate how this works and how to build your own scenes. And that's, that's really cool. So if you buy one product this month, have a look at the White Spring Collection. Any of them will do. I'm going to use the White Spring Collection number two. And like we saw in this uh, render here, this is the kind of tunnel scene that I'm going to use. I'm going to turn it into kind of a slightly scary sci-fi tunnel thing. So the scene I'm thinking of, of doing is basically Stacy lands with her spaceship and her robot minions and they've investigated this amazing thing and they just come up to this interesting room and they go, what's going on here? And that sort of thing. So anyway, let's see how we can make that happen in Das Studio. So I'm starting with a brand new empty scene here. And uh, yeah, let's just have a look where we where we even start. Let's let's have a look at the White Spring Collection. Just get our background uh, ready. So I've got this open in my content library. Actually, I've got something else I need to show you, and that is uh, something I have purchased. I can't, can't actually find it. Point of focus. That's what it's called. Point of focus. And with that active, I can now ha -ha, do this. That's fantastic. So I can now highlight my cursor that so you can actually follow my mouse movements around. I thought that makes it much more helpful. I've got this with my pre-recorded videos, but I haven't had this in live. So now we have this in live. We're getting better every month. This is good. So anyway, in my content library tab up here, I'm uh, going over to my Das Studio formats. That's very important. And I have several runtimes installed. So I've got my own DAS 3D library, but I've also got a separate Renderosity library. And in that I have under props, I've got the DM folder and the DM folder expands and that shows my white spring collections here. So under white spring collection two, we have several things that we need to have a look at. So the first, the first top thing, the, t the first top folder will show you all the things that are included with the White Spring collection. Very exciting stuff. So you can have separate walls, you can have the separate tunnel, you can have the separate kind of painting and all that separate ceiling, separate floor. You can build this all from bits and bobs together. Vases, groups of vases, you know, chairs and tables and all that. Uh, that's one thing. Then in the cameras folder, you get some camera presets. In the lights folder, you get the light setup. Then you have one-click mats, which will create materials on these, on these items. So you select an item, uh, select the surface, and then you apply these things to it. You have also got uh, shader presets. Look at that. This is exciting. This is just one of the four collections. It's very exciting. I'm not being paid to say this, by the way. I'm just, I just fell in love with the product when I saw it because it combines so many things that are just exciting to little fiddlers like, like people like me. <laughs> so light presets, how the ceiling strip light looks, and we can play around with that and see how we, how we get on with that. 
And under scenes, we get seven setup, pre-setup scenes. And one of them is this here, scene number seven, and that's the one I'm gonna use for the backdrop. So explore them on your own, just literally double click them, uh, wait a second, and then you will see that there's a camera that comes with it and you can see the camera preset here. And this is already the, the setup scene. You've got all these things uh, like the, the room and the lighting, it's all in there and it's basically ready to render. Uh, as soon as you switch this over to iRay. I'm not gonna use this scene for, for today's live stream anyway. I'm gonna go and delete that. And I'm gonna use, I believe it's this scene. I think that's what, that was the scene. That was the other one as well, the scene number two. That's also a cool one to use. I don't think it matters much. Either one will, will look kind of handsome. I think I'm gonna use this because it looks into the background of the tunnel. So that's kind of our backdrop setup. And I'm gonna go and just delete this once again, just because I'm gonna focus on the characters for now and how to turn them into iray things. Just so that we know where to find this, this is where we find it. Because those characters from uh, 3D Universe are so old, they don't actually appear in the Dash Studio formats at all in the content library. They appear as poser formats. So if I open that, <clears throat> then I believe I've got them in my Dash 3D library. And there's, uh, are they figures? Yes, they're figures, there we go. So they come up as Stacy and as um, the, the wicked robot here as Clank. So uh, 3D Universe WW is the Clank figure and this one is the Stacy figure. Let's start with the Stacy figure. There's a lot of uh, things in here. There's, these are all just cobbled together in one folder. And the one that we need to load is this one here, Stacy, just Stacy the actor, Stacy, Stacy Basics. And that's the figure, and we're gonna apply that high-tech outfit. So with the figure selected, there's one thing in here that says tech suit full. And if we apply that, then that's the tech suit on there. We're also gonna give her the short hair, so apply that. And I think these are already fitted. Let me have a, just a fit tech suit to their Stacey's. If I select parent to target, then this is gonna disappear and just go parented to the figure. I believe that's a good idea, so let's see. It's just right click on the item and then you can manually either fit this. Uh, usually that studio does a good job at just automatically fitting that to the figure already. There, so that's that. We'll let's switch this over to the texture shaded view and give Stacy a pose as well. So poses in the uh, poser library don't come up under figures, they come up under pose, of course. And here we've got Stacy, uh, that's expressions. Those are poses, I believe it's just a regular Stacy uh, pose. Yeah, there we go, high-tech pose number three. There's a few poses that come with it. It's either this one here, or there's that one. Well, that's maybe this one. I believe I've used this one for the image because she's kind of just looking into the room and going, oh, what's going on? And with that, uh, we can go and perhaps give her that sword as well. So this is, I guess, a pose that would include the sword. And the sword is a smart prop that's in the props folder under Stacy. And there we go, that's the sword. So double click that and then Stacy is holding the sword. Excellent. Now without doing anything, perhaps we're gonna give her an expression as well, let's do that. The expression is of course under expressions. No, it's not, interesting, that's the Clank expression, so I guess it's still under pose. And uh, Stacy E, that's right, there's some expressions here. So when she's she's discovering something, so she's got this kind of, oh, what's happening, 
kind of expression. There we go, that's, that's, we'll use that. So rendering this in iRay, let's have a look at our render settings quickly and just have a look at what our render setting is set to. So that's at the top here. I think by now it's Dastavio 4.10, 4.11. Uh, when you open a new scene, I believe it's set to iRay automatically, but if you click on that, you can change it to 3D Lite. And if you have 3D Lite scenes, then that is what you should do. We're gonna leave it on NVIDIA iRay. So just, just make sure that is selected and uh, so that you've got the right, um, that you've got the right render engine selected. And with that, we can now go and drop down this little viewport icon and switch it over to iRay and just see what our engine displays without us doing anything. That was fast. That's good. That's one, one good thing about all the content that it, it tends to render very quickly. So uh, one thing that we notice is, of course, uh, well, two lighting artifacts I want to bring your attention to. And this is something that's important to remember for every scene. If I go and uh, look at the floor here for a second, then I can see that Stacy is, in fact, rendering some shadows here. Oh, yes, by the way, I'm rendering this, I guess, in portrait. If I wanted to do that in a different aspect ratio, then I can also set that up under render settings. You see that this is all rendered, but anything outside is not. So that's governed by the aspect ratio. So under render settings, you have uh, under general, you can have a look at the dimensions. So currently I'm using a custom preset, but I could also use the active viewport, which would then literally render my whole viewport like this. So I don't have these, these um, bars here anymore, but I can use any aspect ratio I want. For example, I could use a 16 by nine aspect ratio uh, this one here, 1920 by 1080. And then all I see is this kind of rectangular thing that's being rendered now. To help us understand what's being framed up on the canvas, there's this thing uh, up here in, the, in these uh, three little uh, lines here. That's a context menu. And if you click that, there's this option, which is called Show Aspect Frame. And if you click that, then you see this little white box and the aspect ratio at the top left here. And that's the kind of the thing that's going to end up on your final render. Speaking of this, this is all kind of camera related and we're gonna be dealing with cameras here briefly, but uh, just to let you know, I'm preparing a new installment for my Dash Studio 101 series and there'll be another installment. The next one in the series is gonna be about cameras. So we're gonna talk more about aspect ratios and how to set them in the render settings versus how to set them in the camera and how to do depth of field and all that. So we're gonna to touch on that here because I'm gonna add that to the scene, but there'll be another video coming up this weekend about uh, how to do that and how to you know set all these parameters up um, for specifically for cameras. So for now, I think I'm just going to go and switch this back to active viewport. So I'll just see the whole scene rendered in iRay. Let's get back to the lighting I was talking about. So we see two things. One is that Stacy does in fact give us some shadows. So it appears that there's a light source coming from here, and that creates the shadows over here. And then the other thing that we notice is that uh, Stacy's face is a little bit blown out. So it's just pretty harsh and white as if she's getting a big flash from the front. Because otherwise, how would this, why, why would that happen? And then there'd be shadows to the left of it. That's kind of physically not possible. Well, it's because there's two lights by default in a DAS Studio scene. And that's something that we need to know about in order to either switch them off or tweak them to something that makes more sense to us. 
So what we're seeing here is uh, a headlamp feature, which is something that the perspective view implements. And that is a kind of a flashlight that's mounted on the camera that you're looking through. And that just shines the light right into the front of us. Uh, so if I were to pan my scene around now, it looks like that light will be shining from wherever I'm looking. So now Stacy's back is kind of um, uh, lit, uh, whereas the shadows are still pointing in the same direction as they were before, namely into the kind of to the back here. And if I turn that around, then we can see that the position of the shadows doesn't actually change, but what I'm looking at is always illuminated. And <clears throat> that is one of those things that... Uh, <laughs> what was that? Don't know. My wife's got, a, got an interesting phone call there a second ago. One of those things. So in order to, um, to tweak those things, uh, there's, this, there's two things that we can set in the render setting. So one thing is this headlamp feature. And the perspective view has it on by default at all times. Uh, where to set it is in fact under the under the somewhere in the general tab isn't it yes there is the headlamp feature down here and is it the misc tab yes it's the misc tab that's kind of if you want to look at a filtered view there this is where you can set the auto headlamp feature by default it's on when there's no scene lights in the scene but i can also switch this on switches to never and then the render settings will never produce a headlamp and once we do that we can see that Stacy looks a lot pa more palatable already because we don't get that harsh light from the front anymore so it's very important to remember switch that off or if you leave it uh, to when no scene lights then be aware that as soon as we add a parametric light so not a reflect not an emissive surface but a, a parametric light uh, if we go and say create is that here yeah create and I'll go uh, say a new spotlight and it doesn't even have to be doing anything I'll just add it in there and as soon as I do that the headlamp feature is also being switched off that's kind of interesting to know so if I as soon as I remove that again hello uh, remove that again there we go then I've got the headlamp feature on again so that can be really confusing when you're not used to it and when you drop lights in and you delete them and have, why is my, why is my lighting changed that's not supposed to happen so that's that's that one thing about the perspective view that i don't particularly like is the fact that you don't get to switch this on and off at will if you create a camera you can do that let me show you how that works usually i tend to create a new camera and copy whatever's in my perspective view and i'm going to call that oh, i've forgotten to rename it now let me just do that here so i'll usually call it directors camera and I do that because this now lets me switch over to the director's camera I don't really see a change but watch what happens if I go into the cameras tab or with the camera selected on the parameters tab I'll show you the same options there if I do that under the headlamp feature I get an option to switch this on or off uh, basically at will and uh, no, that's not good. There we go. Uh, on and off at will that's better than the auto option so auto tries to be helpful but auto in this circumstance means more or less exactly the same as under the render settings so use headlamp when there's no additional scene lights there uh, but on and off means literally I switch it on when I want it and I switch it off when I want it 
So that's kind of nice. I like to switch this off and on, if and if, uh, switch it on when I need it and switch it off when I don't need it. So that's how I like to work. There's also, if you do switch it on, then there is this uh, option to reduce or increase the headlamp intensity and also switch the headlamp position. So that's, I find that very helpful. And that's why I like to use a director's camera. There's that, there's also the idea that under the camera tab, I can change the focal length and make my camera more zoomed in or more zoomed out. So this is physically changing the focal length. And when we're looking at the tunnel in a moment, I will want to have a slightly wider angle of view. And the perspective view does that as well. I didn't actually know this until Mr. Batsu, my friend Mr. Batsu, suggested that in the comments on one of my previous videos. So if you're watching Mr. Batsu, thank you so much for letting me know that. Uh, you can in increase or decrease the focal length either of a camera or of the perspective view by going to this little zoom icon here and then right clicking on it and uh, then moving it left or right. Oh yes, that's Mr. Batsu, is it? No, tell me. What did you say? Oh, Mr. Batsu, you Dream Lab Studio, welcome, welcome aboard. It's really, really nice to for that tip to um, uh, to have filtered through here. So it's made made my day when you did that. It's it's, it's great. I, I love this kind of. I think my friend described it once as kind of a circle of energy completing, and it's really nice. So I'm giving you tips. You're giving me tips. We're all improving our creative skills here. I really, really appreciate it when that happens. So thank you very much. So yes, that's that's what you can do. And uh, yeah, I like to work with this director's camera because then I can switch the headlamp on and off. So right now, let me switch it off and enjoy whatever the IBL is doing, which is that that's the next light that we need to talk about. IBL, which is uh, which is that's the abbreviation for image based lighting. And that means uh, Dark Studio is using a high dynamic range image that is being projected to the inside of a dome, a very large dome that kind of sits on top of my scene, like a like a half shell that sits on top of that. And this IBL image is being projected onto the inside of the dome. And then every pixel, oops, every pixel kind of shines inward onto my scene. And that means that the lighter parts of the image will create a light source, which is kind of, I guess it's kind of set up there. That's shining the light from here. That's why her hair is kind of uh, light at this at, uh, like her, her, her right hand side or kind of her left hand side camera right camera left we're all getting confused this side here is getting illuminated more than this side and this side in fact is casting shadows so let me show you where that is that is also under the uh, render settings under environment and there's this uh, little thing here can you see that yeah there we go that is the uh, HDR image that does provide by default and we can change that we can change its intensity or we can switch that out or we can switch that off so switching the intensity is as simple as fiddling with this slider here we can make that brighter in which case Stacy gets a lot lighter than before or we can make that a bit less light and then the intensity of the well that's probably so so dark now i can't obviously if i switch it into the minus values that's not going to create a good effect there we go so now she's uh, she's still visible but she's darker and if i switch this to zero then in fact the environment map is completely switched off and all i get is a black image so that's that's how ibl works and these are the two default light sources that we need to be aware of in every scene that's very very important otherwise you get confused if you do set your own lights you won't see accurate results 
So I will go and put one light in here, maybe from about here, something like that. All I get is the, the Stacy shadow here. If I don't know what's going on in my scene through the director's camera, I can always go and switch that headlamp on. And then we will see at least something as to what's going on in my scene. So I would like a spotlight to shine onto Stacy from about here. And that's just for my own evaluation purposes. I like it when that happens. So create new spotlight, uh, use the active viewport transform, which, is the, which was the director's cam there. And now we have a scene light here. Let me put my camera, whoops, let me switch my camera back to the kind of front here. Let me see all the materials and with the environment map uh, switched off already and with my director's headlamp feature switched off, let's evaluate how our light is happening. Well, it's happening, but it's a bit dark still. So let's select the light, spotlight. And since it's a parametric light, I believe I can look through it as well and then adjust it, position it just like, uh, like I want to. Move it further away, move it higher. It's kind of, it's a nice way of, of adjusting a light by just looking through it. That's kind of, that makes it helpful. We're only getting a OpenGL preview when I move this. So uh, with the light selected, let's head over to the parameters tab and let's have a look at the light parameters here. There's, there's several things here. One is the general options for transformations and all that, but this one here, the light parameter, the light tab is the interesting one. We've got the light color, light intensity, doesn't really do much. Under area, I'm gonna use a rectangular light and I'm gonna make that, yeah, 10 by 10 is probably, it's probably all right for preview purposes. Under photometrics is where the real fun happens. This is where we can set the luminous flux and the temperature. Temperature is of course the color of the light. Luminous flux on the other hand is, is the actual intensity of the light. So uh, watch what happens if I go switch over to my director's cam and let's, uh, let's, have a, let's frame Stacy up so that we can see what's, what's happening and maybe make it like this so I don't have to uh, go back into the full screen view. There, that's, that's perfect. Luminous flux, let's crank that up. Uh, it's set to 1500 by default. Let's crank that up to something like 10,000 and see what happens. Stacy's getting lighter, but still not as light as I would like her to be. So let's try 30,000. Yeah, it's getting there. Let's try 50,000. Okay, we can see her, but we can also see that she's got very harsh shadows on her face. Let's see if we can switch that over to something slightly more soft in the area tab. Let's change the height and width parameters from the default 10 to something like 100 and see what happens. So when we do that, we see that the light intensity diminishes a little bit, but also the shadows are getting a lot more softer and a lot more palatable. So let me just increase that from 50,000 to maybe uh, 80,000 and see if that's something we can live with. Yes, perfect. Great, so that's just my 
composing light that I've set up so that I can now finally get to modifying the materials, which is what this video is all about, isn't it? But it's one of those things you have to do all these things and it's just, it's just nice to see somebody else's workflow to get to results. If you do have any questions, by the way, uh, do drop them in the chat or leave them down in the comments and uh, I'll, I'll do my best to explain that. It's, I have no problem with being interrupted in the flow. So, you know, Julia, please shout that out if that happens. I don't always keep my eye on the chat. So, um, yes, that's, that's our 3D light materials right here, rendered by the iRay engine. How do we turn those over into materials that look palatable in iRay? Let's perhaps focus uh, on a general workflow technique and then also identify the items on her suit and on her body that may need to be tweaked so that they look uh, exciting. And one of the things is that of course the sword is made of metal and that just looks like a dull grey. Everything's got that kind of default plastic shading on it so there's a bit of shine that we can see here that's nice and maybe these things are made of plastic they don't look bad but i thought it's a nice demonstration to see what happens to turn these things into metal and turn the and turn the sword into metal and also turn the suit into leather and uh, hair hair we can kind of leave i suppose we can put a little bit of a shine on the hair so in order to understand what's happening there between iRay and 3D Light, it's, uh, it's a little bit, it's, it's complicated slash really simple if you know what to look for. So in, when we look into the 3D viewport and set up our scene, like put our objects together in the kind of texture shaded view or in the kind of wireframe lit view, all we really C is a two-dimensional representation of the polygons in space and the OpenGL ren and render engine usually tries to let us get a preview of that so that we humans, we mere mortal humans, can have a bit of an idea what our scene is going to look like. But as soon as we press the render button, then a whole different kind of program goes to work. And that says, okay, we're looking through this camera and the light comes from here, hits that surface, and that surface reflects whatever light and that needs to be shown in the 2D picture. And there's kind of an intricate process going on. And that's not actually provided by Das Studio. Das Studio, or in fact any 3D modeling or 3D application, usually doesn't talk to the render engine when we put figures in place. It only ever employs the render engine when we hit the render button or when we do something like a real-time preview. And that's when this other program springs into action. So 3D Light is a render engine that uh, is a kind of a standalone licensable application. And you can even get that as a standalone program and uh, save a file out of Das Studio out and let the standalone program do the actual rendering. So Das Studio only translates what we see in our viewport into a language called the RenderMan Shading Language if we're using 3D Light. RSL, that's the abbreviation, RenderMan Shading Language. And that is more or less a script, so a lot of code, very complicated stuff that this render engine understands. And that's a different language than what the iRay rendering engine speaks. So iRay works exactly the same. It is, it's, it's, uh, it's based on different principles, but in, in essence, it's exactly the same thing that happens there. If we switch our rendering engine to iRay and say, render the image now, then the, the same process happens, but the surfaces are described in a different way. So the surfaces in 3D Light 
are described in this render man shading language and as soon as you press, press render then some code gets generated and is given to the 3D light engine. Whereas when you hit the same render button with the iRay rendering engine, in order for that separate program to understand what you want and how this stuff's supposed to look like, we have to generate different code in order for the iRay rendering engine to make use of what's happening in our scene. And that's the, that's the thing that's, that is described in our surface presets or in, in essence as a shader. A shader describes a surface. So anything that's that's like this this little gray S icon here, the grass the gray Stacy icon, that describes what the render engine is supposed to do with anything that's being reflected from here. And right now we're telling the iRay render engine code from the uh, 3D light engine. And Dash Studio is doing a really good job to translate this on the fly and say, well, rather than just showing black or nothing or transparency, we're doing something that's kind of an approximation there, but of course it's not set up perfectly. So in order to get to where this is described, we need to, uh, well, first select our character, and then head over to the surfaces tab. So I've got that open here at the bottom uh, on the side here and if we click that then with my figure selected I get more or less exactly the same that I have in my scene tab. So I've got Stacy the figure, I've got the short hair and I've got the tech suit. Actually for this to appear you need to be on the editor tab up here. So if you haven't worked with surfaces before this, this may be a little bit uh, scary but it, it'll all come together trust me. This is where the surface for each of these 3D objects is defined. So if we stick with the tech suit, it has a little disclosure triangle. If we click that, we can see that the tech suit is actually made up of several surfaces. So we've got the armbands, we've got the arm pads, we've got the belt, the boots, bootstraps, buckles, gloves, leg pads, and the suit material. And those are the surfaces that each of them have a different kind of description to it. So, you know, the belt buckle, for example, is a different material than the rest of the suit. So the rest of the, the suit is the blue stuff here. And we have the belt, which is then this thing here. And I believe the arm pads have a different thing here, your armbands. There we go, armbands and arm pads. We've got two of these. So all of these, if you open any of these up, let's stick with the belt here, for example. Oh, in fact, let's stick with the suit. Let's stick with the suit here. If you open that up, then you can see that uh, there's a certain amount of surface properties that we can set. So uh, just to just to remember what these look like. I'm not going to go through them here, but there is, uh, there's things like general, diffuse, and specular. Let's just remember those. Because the iRay rendering engine thinks about these very differently. 3D Light needs these properties to be set, but iRay doesn't know what diffuse or specular actually mean because it works on a different principle. So in order to change that, we can select one surface, and let's, uh, let's stick with the suit here, and let uh, leg pads, for example, look exactly the same. So we have general, diffuse, specular. Just make a mental note of that. I'm going to close that, but you know, just make a mental note of that. With the suit selected, let's head over to the presets tab at the top left here, which then shows me uh, a long list of hopefully materials here. Um, uh, that's not really supposed to happen. I'm thinking. 
I would like for that to be a shader browser now. That's interesting. Why don't I see that? Yay, that's interesting. Usually it comes up with a shader browser here. And uh, from here, I can now select the IRA Uber shader, which will translate my surface into, yes, into the clothing item in the scene first. That's probably what it is. Yes, that, that may be. Thank you, Mr. Batsu. Thank you, Dream Lab Studio, I should say. Let's select the tech suit and see if that works. So tech suit, su oh no, actually you mean here, right? Yeah, yes, you mean here. That may well be presets and shaders. There we go, perfect, right. Good point, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you. That's exactly where I was going wrong. So uh, what I was trying to show, and if I select the suit, does that happen? Yes, there we go, the shader's perfect. So I'm selecting the suit, I'm opening the little iRay tab here, and then I'm double-clicking this thing, which is called iRay Uber Base. So what that's doing now is it's gonna translate the surfaces of the three delight engine, the, the surfaces here, of that were previously described in the random and shading language into the material definition language or MDL. And that's the abbreviation for what the iRay rendering engine understands. It's all terribly complicated, isn't it? And you know, I, it's one of those things I, I really appreciate when people hang in there and create good looking art anyway, in the light of all this terrible, terrible confusion. And of course, is there any documentation on the DAS website? I don't see it, but hey, maybe I'm, maybe it's haven't looked closely enough. So after I've done that now, if I open the suit properties, I see that these things look very different than they did before. In fact, I haven't changed the leg pads. They still look the same as before. So look at the differences here. We've got uh, the, the suit now has general base metallic flakes where select pads still have general diffuse specular. I'm making such a big point of this because sometimes you don't really know what an object is described as, if it's described as RSL for 3D Light or if it's described as MDL for iRay. So then you can just have a look at the surface of these things and then just have a look at what the first three properties are. Just look at the first three properties. In general is always the same, but if it's a 3D Light object, it'll be have diffuse and specular, whereas when it's an iRay object, it'll be base and metallic flakes. That's a good way to, to remember it. Don't know if we're getting other rendering engines as time goes on, but yeah, that's the that's that's what that is. So currently, the um, suit doesn't look that much different to what it was like before. But we're going to get to that in a moment. If we would have to select each of these surfaces individually and turn them all into an iRay object, that would be really, really cumbersome. So we don't have to do that. We can just select the first thing, the, the top thing that'll select all the surfaces. And then I can hover over, and then I can head over to the presets thing, uh, double click iRay Uber Base, and that'll apply the MDL properties to all these things. There we go. That's how we can do that. And so, Again, we don't see anything different now, but this now allows me to select the surface and apply a different shader to it. So right now we've got the original kind of converted 3D light shader. Uh, if I just zoom into her, into her trousers here. Documentation can be hard to find, doesn't it? Yes, <laughs> one of those things. I'm, I'm glad I'm not the only one because I have been looking and uh, all I see is a, a kind of a general manual for DAS Studio 4.6 from five years ago. Uh, that's the first time we actually got documentation with that studio in like 15 years, which is yeah, it's criminal, isn't it? There we go. 
but hey. <laughs> right. Yes, me too. I think we're, we're all in the same boat. I think we're all very confused by that. I remember when iRay came out, was it in Destiny 4.8? I believe when that was introduced, all we heard was, we've got a new rendering engine. And we're all like, oh, that's exciting. How do you, how do you use that thing? Like hayball going over the website. <laughs> so anyway, from what I can figure out, what I've figured out over the last few years is this. So... Uh, Right now, with one of the surfaces selected, and we're sticking with the suit, we can also go back over to the presets tab here. And then we see this long list of other shaders. That's in the iRay tab, by the way. There's also a 3D Light tab, which works the same principles, the same is true for 3D Light rendering engine. We're sticking with iRay. And if we open that up, we see lots more like asphalt, car paint, and so forth. And one of them is leather here. So this is just a category on the left and the actual shader is this one on the right here so we can double click that now and that'll turn the stacy suit into a leather type suit and uh, a few minutes later uh, das will have rendered it actually it has rendered it already hasn't it or is it still rendering i think it's rendered it already there we go yeah it's it's whoops sorry stacy didn't want to move your leg there so yes it it has rendered this already and uh, that will now have turned her suit her whole suit material into something different and we can go ahead and do the same with other objects now so like the like the Stacy logo here that is uh, oh, come on where are you there we go uh, that is that's I'm, I'm thinking that could be metal let's have a look in the editor if we can see something like uh, belt boots bootstraps buckles it's probably the buckles it's part of the buckles perhaps if we select that go to the preset and we see we will we'll find some kind of a metal thing here in the metal category we've got quite a few so we've got cast iron and we've got gold and we've got uh, copper let's try copper what happens there uh, copper may work so that turns that logo over we can also switch it on to gold it does depend a little bit on the lighting and uh, if you have anything metallic in your scene it may not look great with just a single light in there so if you have ibl an image that uh, that contributes to the lighting it'll have all kinds of funky reflections in there so we'll work on that later to make that look handsome. But in principle, this is kind of metal now. And we can, we can go and, uh, and see if we wanted to. Is, this, is gold a good idea? Or should we make it something like magnesium alloy or cast iron or uh, brushed metal, perhaps? Maybe brushed metal will look fine. We'll make it brushed metal. That's, that's cool. So let's, let's see. This is brushed metal. And uh, let's see what, what else we can do with the other surfaces. So we've got these uh, belt buckles here, or these, these arm pads. Let's say uh, arm pads, arm bands, arm pads. I can hold the control key down to select multiple surfaces. And the gloves, they look like they would all probably be in the same material. And I guess the boots as well. Let's have the boots in something. Actually, the boots look, look nice in this kind of plasticky black material. Let's do that. Let's turn those into some kind of metal as well because that looks really nice. Maybe titanium. Let's apply titanium there. And again, later on, this is all going to look light and shiny. Right now, I only have a single light and that's not going to, that's not going to look uh, you know, fantastic. Just bear with me here. One thing I want to change is the, the, what happens to the leather here. So Stacy's suit originally was 
completely flat. There was a texture applied and we've kind of gotten rid of it because the leather replaces this with a bump map, I believe. So that's how these little creases can be seen. But of course, it depends very much on the size of the object that this that this this is kind of it, it technically is leather but if this would be much smaller like on a on a shoe it'd probably be look, looking all right but right now the leather thing is just the leather texture is just a little bit too big for my liking so we can change that by just reapplying the bump map so on the uh, suit i believe it was if we open that category up here, there is uh, somewhere, could be the base, could be a base, is that the bump? Yeah, there we go. On the base bump, we can either apply a bump map or a normal map, and that'll create something like that. So it's, it's on render time, this is gonna be turned into renderable geometry, but without the overhead of having actual geometry in our image, which is, which is or in our scene, which is kind of nice. So uh, right now I can see I don't have a bump map. This is just an empty disclosure menu, but I could browse to one and then add one. What we do have instead is a normal map. And if I hover over that, I can see that this is what the bump map looks like. I've created one yesterday that is just a little bit smaller. I've made one in Photoshop and I'm just gonna replace that. So I'm gonna click on that logo and browse to somewhere on my desktop. Here it is already, leather normal. Uh, no, actually, that's the, this is the one that's currently on there. Uh, so I believe mine is on my desktop. Somewhere, yeah, leather bump, that's mine. So I'll add that a uh, second later. It doesn't really look like leather, but it's some other pattern that I think is just nicer on the suit. The other thing that I'm not entirely happy with right now is the fact that I don't really like the, the, the brown leather material. I really like the kind of bluish sci-fi look. And of course, real leather would probably be brown. And uh, let's let's change that to to. Oh, thank you. <laughs> that was the gesture. My wife is gesturing. You can talk to me, honey. That's cool. Just say something. That's totally fine. I'm happy about that. So there we go. Let's turn the brown leather effect. So speaking, very important. Maybe, maybe in future episodes, we're gonna need to, we need to give Julia her own microphone that we can all hear her when she says something. Wouldn't that be nice? Anyway, let's turn the brown into something more sci-fi, like perhaps uh, something bluish. So that can be found, perhaps, I really have to look here. I really don't know what these, what all these materials are all about. I believe it's maybe under base. Oh, there we go, base color, looks brown. Let's turn that into something else. Um, colors are always a bit of a mixed bag for me because the Windows color palette, I really don't like it. I'm only using Windows because the, the uh, graphics card that I've got on here works just so much better with, with graphic applications. I'm more of a Mac user and the Mac has a much nicer color picker here. If any of you know how to replace this ugly basic color picker with something you know better, please let me know. I'd appreciate it. I'm still getting used to using Windows professionally. So perhaps we'll use something like uh, like blue. And I, this is why I don't like it, actually. This is why I don't like it. Because most of the colors are like 100%, like, you know, red. This is not a little bit red. This is like 255 saturation, like as red as it can possibly get, which in nature, you would never you would never come across just because the monitor can display it and the computer can handle the value 
doesn't mean it's something that you'd ever see in nature. And of course, if you say, oh, let's make the suit red, and then you click that, and you go, that's kind of burning my eyes already. This is, this is not what any suit in reality would ever look like. And to remedy this, you can just torn down the saturation or just pick a different, different color. So anything that's less saturated, perhaps. Again, saturation value is 255. Let's make it 200 and take it from there. So perhaps I like it a bit darker. I like the blue, but I don't really like the like the the, the lightness of it. I don't actually like the blue color either. Maybe I like it a bit more. Doing something like this. Oh really? If you click in the larger multicolor square, you can select one of those colors. More toned down gray values are near the bottom. Hmm, let's just, let's check it out. Mr. Batsu at work, I love it. So he's saying, in the, thank you so much for these tips. I really appreciate that. La, this one here. Mm, no, I don't think I've got it. The far right vertical. Far right vertical. This here, oh yes, yeah, this, this thing you mean. Yeah, I guess, I guess, I guess that's what you mean. Yeah, that's that's one. That's the one thing I do use. We've got on the on the Mac. We've got this. We've got several to choose from. It's kind of rainbow nice. Box. The rainbow box. Where's the rainbow box? I don't see the rainbow box. I'm gonna I'm gonna explore this later. The rainbow box. I don't know what the rainbow box is. I'm gonna explore this in my own time later. But thank you. That's that's. Uh, so there is hope for this color picker yet. I like that. So um, with this, let's leave the suit alone and uh, let's let's say we're happy with the Stacy character for now. I'm going to go and uh, just um, pick her up and move her slightly. In fact, let me show you something else before I move her. I was just going to move her and I can see something that we need to address in the main viewport here. Let me switch this to the regular texture shaded view for now. And uh, normally if I deal with figures from DAS, they have their manipulator tool set at the bottom center of the figure and that makes it really easy to move them into a different position and also adjust where they're touching the floor and we need that functionality later because the floor is going to not be on the height of the of the bottom grid here the floor is going to be slightly elevated and you can see stacy's uh, heel is kind of going through the floor here already so i would find it really helpful if this manipulator gadget would actually be at the bottom center of stacy to be able to move her around and while i'm here let me show you how that works so um the usually the newer das figures have that i guess it was not a requirement uh, at all times so stacy doesn't have that and clank doesn't have that either to make that happen there's something called, I believe, the joint editor. I think it's this little icon here, the joint editor tool. Uh, can you see that here? That's the joint editor tool. If you select that, then you get to see all the bone structure of Stacy, and you see two little icons, namely the little green one and the red one. And if we ignore the red one for a moment and just uh, move the green one's top to the very bottom of the figure, that'll change that so-called pivot point or center point or origin point. It kind of depends on which 3D application you're talking to. They all call it different things. I can eyeball this in the perspective view or in my director's camera, but to be really accurate, I think I can just look from the left or from the right. And then you can see where precisely that triangle is placed. So I'm gonna place that at the very bottom of, the, of our origin plane here. 
that should do the trick. And as soon as we switch back over to the regular 3D manipulator tab, then you'll see that that manipulator is now at the bottom of the figure. And that makes it very easy for me to move Stacy around now. So I'm gonna move her to maybe to the right. I'm doing that because if I load Clank in now and do the same thing, then uh, he'll be in the center so they don't overlap. Let's go back into my content library here. Under, uh, I need to go to poser formats and there'll be the figures, figures, there'll be Clank, Clank with K. And uh, same thing as before, I'll select Clank and I'll perhaps apply a pose. I believe he had these poses here. And perhaps Clank can, can be standing there like with his gun. Let's give Clank the gun, which is under the props folder. It's a smart prop, so it just pops right into place and he's holding it already. That's cool. And now let's give him an expression. Clank also has expressions, which I find very funny. So he's a little bit pausable. He can open and close his eyes. He can move his mouth. And there's all kinds of funky things you can do. I believe those are hiding under the expressions function here. And let's give him something like a mad faced, angry expression. He's got, he's got a few funny faces here. I'd love to make a comic with with this guy and with Stacy, it's just there's not that many morphs available for these two characters. Maybe if I learn this at one point, I can totally do this myself, who knows. If I do figure out how to do it, I will let you know, of course. So that's Clank's pose. Let's convert Clank into iRay materials as well, because currently if we switch this over to iRay, Clank uh, doesn't look spectacular, but he, look, he still looks like um, he's usable. So that's, that's quite nice. So that's our lighting there again. We've got the same thing with the 3D manipulator tab. So he's still in the middle. Perhaps I'm going to do that first. Uh, tweak that manipulator uh, with Clank selected. Once again, I'm going to head over to that um, joint editor tool here. And then maybe with, uh, with Clank viewed from the right. I'm going to take that little green thing and move it right down to the floor, something like that. It doesn't have to be super precise, but there we go. Oh, really? There we go. <laughs> I'm glad it's helpful. I'm really glad it's helpful. It's it's those things, those little things that it's, sometimes it's hard to come by. Um, but yeah, it's the same with, with poses. When you load poses and your character moves into a different position and you think, oh, I've had the perfect position. All I wanted to do is change the pose. And yeah, in that case, you can hold down the Alt or Control key. I always forget that. But yeah, it's, it's, yeah I'm glad you like these little tips. Uh, that's, that's really cool. It's, I'm, it's very encouraging when I hear that because it means I'm on the right track of uh, making the DAS user experience slightly better. So with the point moved select clank let's go over to the surfaces tab where we have clank and everything that makes clank up like the ball joints ball socket body works and all that let's just head over to the presets and apply the das uber base for now and then we'll go over to the iray engine again and we'll get a little preview of what that looks like usually it doesn't look any different but it now gives us the option to fine tune and tweak so in stacy's case i've replaced things completely and i will do that with clank as well but if you know your way around 
shaders and how shaders build and how they're set up. You could, for example, leave the texture that's applied to Clank in place and then just tweak properties to make him shiny or to make him you know something else i'll try that with the eyes in a moment i think for now a better result than leaving this low resolution texture in place would be to turn his body into something like a metal i mean he's a robot isn't he? he's made of metal somehow like a brushed metal something like that so he's got the silver trim here he's got the speaker i don't really know where the speaker exactly is but the ball joints i believe are these things here we can probably leave them in place like this shiny black stuff but we've got the the ball socket that's also this we've got the body work that is probably the rest of the body i think and that's the limbs and the speaker trim let's just stick with the body work i don't know exactly how he's set up but i'm suspecting that that's probably most of what we need to uh, what we what we can address i'm going to use maybe brushed metal and double click that yeah perfect so this is kind of him turned into a shiny metal now once again this is going to look much nicer once we have a bit of ibl there in fact why don't we just switch it on and see what it looks like just just for just for a laugh hey eh? let's put it to two that'll change our lighting dramatically it'll make it a bit um a bit uh, lighter but that in addition to the light that we've set, now we can see that these things, the metal bits are really, really shiny and they look much better than without the IBL. So anything metal, anything that requires reflections, glass and all that, is probably better off with at least some, some form of IBL. Perhaps two is a little bit much. Turn that down a little bit. Yeah, there we go. Now I get a real sense of uh, clank being made completely from metal. I could even have a look at the eyeballs here. Let's let's have a look at that. So under, uh, sorry, with Clank selected, of course, uh, in the editor tab, on the surfaces tab, in the editor tab, on the surfaces tab, there we go, in the um, ball, joints, ball socket, that could be something interesting. Ball joint and ball socket. Let's have a look at ball sockets. I suppose that will include these as well. Let's make that, let's give it something else. There's a pattern here. Pattern checker glossy. Let's see what that looks like. I mean, this is just, you know, is he a gay robot? No, it looks looks quite nice, doesn't it? Oh, okay. That is true, Grey Tech. Thank you so much. That's true. The surface selection tool, and that is, of course, up here. That is it. That's a very cool idea to just select, just use this, hover over what it is that you want to change and then just select that and then change it in the surf editor. Very cool tip. Thank you so much. I always forget that. And do you know what the reason why is? Because sometimes when I've accidentally selected it in the past and I hover over this, I, I just get in, in larger scenes, for example, you just get everything in orange. And that's sometimes distracting. But of course, speaking of that, you can change that. If you're annoyed by that, you would just like uh, just, a, just an orange circle there. You can indeed, under tool settings, with that thing selected, you can go and oh, it's not under tool settings. It is under... Where was that again? There's a, there's a tab that lets you do that, doesn't it? Um, you're right. <laughs> you're absolutely right. There is a thing that lets you... So I've, got a, I've got an article on my website in which I have explained that. It's the draw settings. There we go. With the draw settings palette docked and with the surface selection tool selected, 
is that it under general you can select something up here and that says highlight style there's bounding box or there's box and surface and if you do surface then it selects it highlights the whole surface if you select bounding box only then it'll just select a bounding box around what you're selecting that's at least that's the theory sadly in my demonstration it doesn't work but yeah that's just another tip if you if you're annoyed by things just popping up orange all the time you can you can totally do that you can also change the opacity and dim that down a little bit so that you don't that you uh, you know get something slightly less annoying there but yes thank you so much for the tip that's that's very very cool maybe i should do that so in in our case it's the eye sockets here let's select those and then i can see what else is actually selected when i uh, when i change the material on that very good tip my god this is good this is a good session this is a good session already let's go back to the surfaces tab and find another material for these things so i think maybe something dark is cool uh asphalt we can try asphalt that'd be nice <laughs> Asphalt looks maybe a little bit crazy. Maybe we'll give them something like ceramic, like porcelain around the eyes. Yeah, that could be. A ball joint could be in the porcelain, or is it marble? Something dark. Carbon composite, there we go. That's what, that's what bike frames are made of. That's cool, we can build our dream clank. Very nice, very nice. We can do the same to the gun, the really big gun. I think I'm gonna turn that into, oh, actually no, let's let me leave the gun like it. So it's kind of the outdated shiny metal robot uses a, a kind of a toy gun. That's kind of a funny effect, isn't it? Let's use that. The only other thing I'd like to change quickly is the eyes. So again, this is really nice to use the surface selection tool here. Wow, my God. This is the community spirit I really love, guys. I really love this when we exchange tips like this. Let's use this as an open forum. I really love that. It's really, really nice. Thank you for the tips. I'm learning a lot from you. You're learning a lot from me. This is, this is how the world needs to work, isn't it? We're all in this together, as one of my colleagues from the supermarket always says. We're all in this together. With the eyes selected, uh, we can have a look at the editor. I'm not going to apply a shader here. I'm just going to go into, this is now selected, the light, very cool. In the emission shader, we can now make the eyes glow a little bit. That's a little bit guesswork there, Mike. <laughs> You're very welcome. <laughs> so uh, with, the, with the eyes selected to make them glow, uh, let's do this. Yes, there we go. That's perfect. To make them glow, right now we don't really see anything under the emissions uh, in, in the emissions channel. All we see is a black color and that is it. But if we wanted to turn that into something emissive, all we need to do is pick a color other than black here. So it doesn't have to be white. It can be anything. I'm just going to use white for now. And uh, just to show you that now we can see other options popping up. And those are the options that let us turn this into an emissive surface and, and make that make that light shine out so uh, white is something that just you can still see the the color of the actual object underneath it which is i believe a texture here and um, we can leave that there but we can just make these eyes glow a little bit uh, by default this is set to uh, candles per square meter i believe this means the luminance unit and that is not something and the luminance value is 1500 so it's 1500 candles per square meter. And that's not really something that my brain can compute. I'm sure there's some kind of formula that lets me translate this into something that I know 
have a have a kind of closer relationship to which is why i like to change this over to watts you can you can change this to all these other things like kilo candles per square meters and uh, candles per square foot and candles per square meter and lumens i like what i mean what i can i can visualize a, a 75 watt light bulb and i can i can understand what that is so if I switch that to watt, then I'm, I'm uh, displaying the luminous efficacy in watts with 15, which appears to be maybe a little bit too much. So all I get is a white glow. Now, if I tone this down, like maybe to five, perhaps we can see something else coming out there. I guess maybe not. Maybe, maybe we're just stuck with white. Let me just leave it on five and then just change the light color. So to stick with the kind of red that we had there, Let's just make it uh, make it something like this. And now you can see that his, his eyes are starting to glow a little bit red. It's still very um, light here. I'd like I'd like for that to be to be more uh, more red. Perhaps if I do a more saturated red. Yeah, there we go. Cool. Now I'm back to the hundred percent saturated red. Don't we? Let's let's do that with two hundred. Yeah, I guess it depends on the situation. Why don't we just leave it like oh maybe like a purple like a purple pink that looks like an evil robot doesn't it uh, it's just a bit too pink for me if i try 200 here yeah there we go we've just got a little bit of a glow there as we put more clones of clank perhaps in the background of our scene uh oh, that, that doesn't look, that doesn't look right does it so maybe five is still a bit too much let's try let's try two let's try one yeah a little bit of a darker thing there i think that's that's what i that's what I like. Let's turn the luminance down a little bit. Maybe that helps as well. Yeah, there we go. That's that's the spirit. That's kind of what I'm looking for. It's evil, just an evil robot glow. And if we make it more, then of course the eyes will will kind of uh, illuminate whatever he's looking at. So maybe we can give him like laser eyes or something. We'll just leave it like this for the demo. How are we doing on time, by the way? Oh wow, I've been running for over an hour already. It didn't feel like that at all. Time just flies when you're having fun. Who said that? Time melts away like the snow in the sun. There. So uh, let's bring in, let's leave Clank as he is for now. Uh, maybe I, I'm not entirely sure about the pink. Maybe I need to, I, I'd like something darker and perhaps I don't like, like, more like something slightly more red to complement the blue. Yeah, let's leave it like that. So that's more like the original Clank there. With these two guys in place, uh, here's my light still. I'm going to switch this over back to the texture shaded view and go over to the full frame, of course. Let me remove my spotlight for now. I think it served its purpose. If we need another one, we're going to create another one. And that leaves me with these two characters. Also, what I'm going to do, very important before I do anything else, let me save the scene. This is something that we often forget. If we don't do that and that studio crashes on me, that we would have lost all that work and that would be terrible. So, you know, a terrible shame, a terrible crime. There we go. Let me switch over to the 3D manipulation tool and go over to my content library again and close the poser formats. I think we're done with those for now and bring in that wonderful White Spring Collection Volume 2 from Danny and Morfono. That's under DAS Studio formats. And uh, in my case, it's under the renderosity folder under props. There's DM and there's white spring number two. And in here, I can find my scenes. And I think I'm gonna just use scene number seven. 
I think that's what we decided on earlier. I still got the director's cam here. Let me on, on the top here. Let me have a look at camera one. That's just a small preview. That's what it's going to look like. I'm going to leave that there so that can kind of render in iRay, and uh, then we can we can all have a look at keep an eye on the progress there. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> Yes, even with ultra low latency, it still takes a few seconds for, for what I'm doing here to show up on Jarl's machine, you know, one of those things. So we've got all these things set up. I'm going to switch this over to my regular uh, camera one as well. And I can see this tunnel here in the background. I think I'm going to go and uh, I'm going to frame that up something like that. And I'm going to make my camera a bit wider as well. So I'd like the characters to be in the front here, but I'd like for the uh, geometric distortion to be a little bit, you know, just a bit more extreme. In fact, let me just uh, grab Stacy here and uh, perhaps with the, with the top view. Is that a good idea? Oh, top view isn't going to work so well unless I hide the tunnel. That's the wrong tunnel. Tunnel number, tunnel, tunnel number two. Tunnel and that tunnel, tunnel. Where's the rest of the tunnel? So tunnel two. There we go. <laughs> Perfect. So I can see my characters here on the top. I can see this is where the camera is. So I suppose I would like them to be somewhere here. And clank as well. Come on, my friend. I can either use these little um, arrows at the end of that, or I can just use this little white triangle. And if I do that, then it'll uh, stick to that one plane. So I'm now only going to be able to move him in the X and the Z axis, but not in the Y axis. That's that's nice. And in the top view, it doesn't make that much of a difference. But in the perspective view or in your director's camera, sometimes it's easier to select this little white thing. And then you can do this with Clank. And then uh, I guess I've just selected the wrong thing there. This white thing, I'm going to mean, I mean this this white thing here, translate in Z and X. And if I do that, then Clank will come backwards and forwards, but he'll never go up or down. So that's sometimes very helpful when posing characters in an already uh, kind of posed camera. And you just want to make sure they can move forward a little bit or backwards or whatnot without necessarily changing height, because that's, that's sometimes a little bit um, yeah, annoying, I guess. So that is my director's camera there, I guess. So let's have a look what the in the from the top again. Where is my my real camera one? Where is that? Oh, that's here, right? Okay, that's. So they need to come forward quite a bit. So he needs to come here, and then Stacy needs to come uh, over here as well. There, that's the spirit, and then that can be, yeah. This kind of is more what I'm what I'm, I'm looking for. Uh, I think the rest I can do with with a bit of camera trickery that and that that perfect so i'd like for this to be a bit uh, wider if i switch my tunnel number two back on then i'd like for the geometry to be more kind of extreme and in order to do that i can select my camera so camera one is this and either under cameras I can do the same thing under the parameters tab. Doesn't matter, the, the, the settings are the same. Under the cameras tab, I'm gonna go over to the camera tab, in the camera tab, on the camera tab, awesome. And there's the focal length. 
that I can set and I can make that more or less extreme so this this now sets the zoom level on the lens and if you look closely depending on how close you are to your characters you can see that the the geometric features distort a little bit. If I do this, then I can see that Stacy and Clank have a really big face and things go really weird and wonky. So that's sometimes used by comic artists and it's nice to have this effect just show up if you're drawing something. That's a nice way of using Das Studio as well as Poser to just not even render these images out, but just to look at them and then go, oh, that's how the perspective changes. And then you can you can just sketch things out on a physical piece of paper or electronic equivalent thereof. That's sometimes helpful to do that. So focal length in real life, it is on a 35 millimeter regular camera, 50 millimeters as a focal length is somewhat regarded as natural. It's, I don't think it's natural, I think it's still a little bit wide, but uh, on the 35 millimeter kind of equivalent, uh, it's kind of a 40-ish is, is kind of what we see and anything below that, something like 35, 30, 30 28, that, that sort of thing, that is regarded as wide angle. Anything generally over 50 is regarded as something like a telephoto type view. So to make it not as ugly as we see it here, I think I'm going to go with something like, whoops, that's a little bit uh, much, isn't it? <laughs> I'm going to go with something like about 35 perhaps. And then I'm going to dolly my camera. So the difference between that is that on the when you change the focal length here, then the the this camera stands in the same position and the the zoom kind of moves in and out. It's like changing the zoom on your on your digital SLR. Whereas the the thing that you do with the mouse that's called dollying. So that's physically moving the camera back and forth towards a fixed target. And uh, there's another video on my channel in which I can I've combined these effects in a in something that's called or it's commonly known as the vertigo shot or the Hunter Thompson shot. And that is when you when you move the camera away from the character while automatically while simultaneously zooming in and vice versa. So it's a little clip. Uh, it's just a 30 second animation and there's a I think a two part series on how I've built that. And it's a really interesting way of revealing something in an animation like the uh, Steven Spielberg used this in Jaw and uh, just thought I'd mention that. And uh, it's called a vertigo shot because Alfred Hitchcock, the master himself, has used this for the first time in his movie Vertigo when James Stewart is following Kim Novak up on the clock tower and he has vertigo and so he looks down in this in this as I think it's a kind of a church tower he looks down and this thing kind of unfolds and uh, it's just very scary and he re repeats this kind of a two three second shot five six times and that really instills this sense of vertigo I don't know why that popped into my head. I just thought I'd mention it. There we go. So back to our shot here. Uh, this looks nice already. I think these guys will kind of look into the distance, uh, perhaps with um, with Stacy selected. I'm going to just go and uh, frame that up so that the tunnel is in the in the dead center here. I'm not sure if it's if it's going to be a landscape or portrait shot. Perhaps we're going to decide on that now and just uh, see if we can make it a uh, make it a portrait shot. So on my render settings tab, I'm just going to go and see I've set it up to active viewport for now. Let's go and frame this up to be the HD, like the, just a landscape, regular landscape shot. And now we can go and frame this up properly. So yeah, I'd like to see the characters, of course, Let me make it a bit wider like so. Yeah, I think that's nice. I think I like that.
So in the background, I like for there to be maybe another uh, version of Clang. Well, one thing actually, before we before we continue here, uh, let's go to the perspective view and uh, just have a look from the side. And we don't see this in the shot right now, but I know that both Stacy and Clang are actually not touching the floor. They're kind of hovering. They're, they're kind of digging into it and that's not what we like so let's let's move them up uh, the way i do it is just uh, make sure you you lift them up above the floor and then just dip them in a little bit so i suppose in reality stacy's boot would deform when she touches the floor so it doesn't really matter if the geometry intersects a little bit but just make sure she doesn't hover so if if the if the foot is above that like so oh that's that's too much isn't there so if the foot is uh, slightly whoops if the foot is slightly above the floor like that, then you'll see a shadow, but the shadow is kind of removed from the figure. And it, it, you can, it's a dead giveaway that, that figures are floating, and that's never a good sign. So make sure the, the geometry at least touches, if not intersects a little bit. And we can do the same with Clank here. Thanks to our newly set manipulator tool, we can make his feet touch the floor like that that has an effect on our scene of course which we need to reframe yeah i like it even better like that perfect great let's see without uh, anything else what our final rendered shot would look like if we switch the main viewport over to iray the scene in the white spring collection does come with some lights so uh, let's see what they look like there's i can i can see several things so one is of course at the the top light strip here that is an emissive surface and we're going to deal with that in a moment i believe on the in the content parameters you can see that on the mat one clicks in this package you can see that there is is it the mat one clicks no it's not actually it's in the shader presets there we go in the shader presets you can see that first of all the light can take on different types of light but if you double click them now you won't see anything happening so you have to select this surface so this is basically a, a shader or material preset i guess so you have to select that first and then double click that and then the light will change color there's something else that I found very, very cool, and this just, just shows that these guys have been doing it for many, many years. I mean, uh, Danny and Marfono have been around for, for literally over a decade, and they're known for their poses, but they're also known for their stunning promo images. And it's lovely to see these things kind of exposed, uh, and it's kind of an easy uh, learning by doing type trick that they've implemented here. If I wanted to add a little bit of a pattern to the top here. I mean, right now, this is very believable. It could just be like a recessed type of white ceiling. But if you wanted something like a pattern on that to make it look a little bit interesting, all we need to do is select this emissive surface and add a texture to it. And there is a texture preset here, which is this, the emission, the emission lights add pattern. So uh, uh, let's have a look at um, Graytech's fantastic tip about the surface selection tool. Very cool. Always comes in handy, doesn't it? So let's select this very surface here. With that selected, now we can add the pattern. Uh, Ira thinks about it for a moment. And then we can see this popping into action just a little bit already. Can I make this a bit bigger? Yeah, now you can see that Ira is actually, I don't know if you can see that in the stream, Ira is rendering a pattern there already in the light. 
Very cool. There's also another light strip here. We can also select that and apply the same pattern to that. And I just wanted to show you what actually, what physically happens there behind the scenes on the surfaces tab with that tunnel light selected. On the emissions tab, this is the light that's actually created. So if we now uh, select one of the other colors here, like maybe yellow, for example, and the back thing is now gonna turn yellow. That looks very interesting. I can maybe even do this in green. Gives it like a sci-fi green at the back. That is very, very cool. I love that already. So that on the surfaces tab, that changes the actual light color, the light emission color. But the pattern that we see here, that is happening, I believe, on uh, the mm, top coat, is it? No, is it base? No, is it general? I don't know. There is a texture applied there somewhere. And of course, I have no idea where that is. Uh, probably not metallic flakes or volume or emission or geometry. It is here somewhere. I, I do apologize. I don't really know where that is. But if you look through here, you will find that one of these little uh, squares has the texture applied. Could it be diffuse? I don't think so. Could it be glossy? No, I don't really don't know. I really don't know where that is. But that is how that's done. That's how a pattern is, is added here. And uh, if you want to add your own pattern, that's where you can do that. I wish I knew where that is now. Maybe I'll find out. If I do find out, I'll, uh, I'll let you know in the comments. Yeah, one of those things. But that is, that is how that works. That's how you add a pattern to it. And it looks so much better then. Now let's have a look at more lighting. So I can I can see that there's also, except for emissive surfaces, I can see one light at the back here. That's a point light. And there's, uh, there's this is a linear point light here. There is also a front light and a tunnel end light. So the tunnel end light is probably that at the back there. And if we switch that off, yes, okay, then, then we don't get the light from the back. So that's not that. The front light is probably what currently makes Stacy look a little bit too bright here. If we switch that off, I believe then we get something of a darker image. Perfect. So I don't think I want to turn it off completely. I just think I just want to tone it down a little bit. And there's also uh, the linear point light here. So that is, oh, actually, that was the... What's, what's this then? The linear point light here. Is that the one that's in front of us? Could be either of them. Let's go to the, let's switch this back to the wire shaded view maybe and turn this into the director's or oh, yeah, director's camera here and let's see where these lights are. So the linear point light is where exactly? Well, that's, you know, probably not where the linear point light is, is it? So that's it. Okay, perfect. That's it. So that's one that illuminates this part. Well, that's probably not strong enough to, to make Stacy look that, um, that bright, but then maybe it is. So with my 3D manipulator tool, I think I'm going to go and put that up into the ceiling And then perhaps I'm going to hide the tunnel here. And with that light selected, I'm going to go over to the parameters tab and just turn that down a notch or two. It's currently set to 300,000. So maybe I make that 100,000. And we'll see what that looks like. 
Let's change this over to NVIDIA iRay so that I can keep an eye on what the actual effect is there. Yeah, it's still very bright. I have a feeling she's getting some kind of light from the front and that's just a bit too much for me right now. I don't really know where that is. It's not this, it's not that. Maybe it is that. No, that's not that. It's got to be. It's got to be this. That's the only other light source. But then, if I switch it off, it doesn't actually make it that much darker. So, hmm, interesting. My camera. I just wanted to check this. My camera one uh, doesn't have the headlamp on. No, it doesn't have the headlamp on. Okay. Well, there's one other way we can we can turn the uh, lightness of the image down, and that is by using vignetting effect that's under render settings in the as part of the tone mapping which is another video i intended to do and it never got done and i do apologize but it is one of those things that's on my very long list of things to do uh, we can add a little bit of vignetting on it and it's a very natural effect that can happen on uh, regular photographic cameras and that's just because that uh, because when the uh, when you film through the lens the the more open you do that there are kind of faults in the light canal and on the lens that that can cause either chromatic aberration or also other kind of just kind of vignetting effects and that'll make that that picture a little bit darker so that's something I'll, I'll show you before we wind it down. Maybe I'll, I'll copy a couple of clones of Clank into the back so that we can see, uh, get a bit of background action going here. But let me show you this vignetting effect first, because it is something that um, that may come in handy there. So under the render settings, you've got the, we've uh, talked about environment here, um, but there's also one above the environment, it's called tone mapping. And that has several exciting options that you can play with. Usually tone mapping is switched on. And I'll talk about more in that video that I wanted to make. But in essence, what you can imagine tone mapping to be is a bit like when we uh, think about the digital camera again. You've got the imaging sensor to which the light falls and then data comes out of that sensor. But really that's just data. It's not a picture yet. So it's a little bit like that with the rendering engine. You've got, you hit render or you have the iRay preview and you see something like this and then data comes out of the rendering engine, but that's not quite a picture yet. So then a second step more or less in post-production is applied and that's called the tone mapping step. And that applies things like a color temperature and a gamma and um, can, can apply saturation and all that sort of thing. And it's akin to what we do in Photoshop with a raw image. If you put a raw image into Photoshop and then you make adjustments there, increase the exposure a little bit, decrease it. That's kind of, that's all that's kind of tone mapping more or less. Oh, really? And those aren't actually mutually inclusive. They don't have to be tied together. So uh, iRay does it that way, uh, but uh, something like the reality plugin for Das Studio and for Poser that uses the Lux render engine, that doesn't do it that way. So you can literally say, hey, my tone mapping is off, but I don't have to re-render an image, which will take two hours. So it's kind of cool to, to make sure, hey, really, I can, I can stop the render. Or I, can, I can tweak the tone mapping while the render is still going on. It's very exciting. Let's have a look at those tips. Oh, thank you. Yes, I'll, I'll have a look at that later. Very nice. That's also a possibility. 
Let's try that. I'll try that next. That's a very good tip. Thank you so much. Mr. Batsu, Dream Lab Studio. I love it. Very nice. Let's have a look at this uh, at this vignetting effect here. Uh, that is under well tone mapping vignetting, so it it does react subtly to whoops. Oh, actually, has it? Oh, there we go. That's, that's obviously negative vignetting. That's a very cool effect. Not quite what I wanted to do. Uh, perhaps we'll try five. And that should kind of make the corners of the image a little bit darker. Look at that. So five has already had a, quite a dramatic effect. Ten is probably, I think I used ten in my final image there. But that's already looking nice. I mean, it's one of those things to remember about Iria that the longer the render goes on, the lighter the image will get. So don't always go by the first impression. If I'm now thinking, oh, that's too dark. If I, if I wait two minutes, it'll, it'll be much lighter because all these little dark spots that make up the image are being kind of filled out. Maybe I'll leave it on five for now while this is thinking about it. And let's put a couple of clones of uh, of clank into the background and maybe change the color up a little bit so that they appear as if they're different robots you know it's not not quite the same robot so we do that by first of all maybe switching this over to uh, smooth shaded again or wire shaded perhaps i'll leave this up for uh, for iray so that that's kind of uh, looking at it i totally wasn't full screen there was i what a shame did i show you where the where the vignetting was vignetting was oops no 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 what's what's happening here I think my computer's got a little bit of an issue right now. That's, that's not nice, is it? So anyway, this is what I wanted to show you. This is where the vignetting is. That's the vignetting thing that I've just set to five. Sorry, I wasn't full screen then. So um, yes, this is now uh, smooth shaded again. And perhaps I'll go and uh, go over to my director's camera, switch off the tunnel so that I can, I can position my figures a little bit better so let's select clank and over on edit we have the option to duplicate the node or the node hierarchies so in my case i need the hierarchies because he's holding a gun and i would like the gun to be copied with it so let's do that uh, clank 2 appears in the same position so let's just go and put clank 2 slightly further back in the tunnel in the shot and we'll just turn him around a little bit so that he looks into a different direction maybe like so or like so and yeah, maybe he's kind of concerned that that something's happening in the back there let's do that so <laughs> that's nice and uh, and move him further to the back whoops hello there and let's also duplicate him again so duplicate node hierarchies and then that's clank number three clank number three can be maybe further over here and we'll turn him over like come on like like so there if that doesn't look too staged switch the tunnel back on and uh, see what that looks like in the final image here Oops, um, through my camera. Yeah, that can I can live with that. That's cool. He can live here. Clank number two. Whoops, that's not what I wanted to do. Clank
flank number two can be maybe i'll just use the parameters tab here on the translation i think this is either x yeah x let's move him further like this and then on the rotation it's also the x versus the y rotation isn't it? so he can look slightly further like this there we go so he's he's concerned that nobody's following them into the secret room that they're discovering whatever so let's change the colors for clank 2 and clank 3 accordingly so clank 3 is this guy here and let's move over to the surfaces tab again and under the what was it again the bodywork right We've got a current metal color, which is gray. So rather than applying a different type of metal, I think I'm just going to put a tiny bit of a color cast on him. Uh, so perhaps he can be, he can be greenish like this. And then the other clank, we do the same thing. Bodywork, metal color. He can be maybe a little bit, what have we got? He's brushed silver, he's green, and he can be maybe blue. Or maybe he'd be yellow. Let's make him yellow. Okay. Does that look cool? Kind of looks cool. And we've got different types of robots. I don't know. Maybe they've got a different rank depending on depending on their color. Who knows? Just one of those things I thought would be would be nicer that they're, they're distinguishable from one another. Let's switch this eye ray off so that we can dedicate some of the resources onto this image. And while it's rendering, you know, let me have a look at uh, what else you guys have been saying. The chat's been going great today. Thank you so much for chipping in, everybody. That's really, really nice. Thanks for posting that link to the vertigo shot. Uh, very nice. I think there's a uh, that that that's got a little um, demo of how that works and uh, there's also a link to part two in that description so we'll check that out if you're interested in that well as i said uh, the stream is currently what is youtube telling me youtube is still telling me the stream quality is really bad which is a shame so uh, i don't know what's happening here on the data lines between the southern tip of miami beach which is where we are in in south florida and the mainland of wherever san bruno uh, headquarters of youtube i don't even know where their servers actually are i've tried both these things uh, but if the streaming issues continue then uh, I, I may just i may just stream to twitch a little bit because i had rock solid results there so um I, I will just keep an eye on it i mean it's the first time this has happened the last two weeks uh, stream quality has been nice so uh yeah it's, it's one of those things if i re-upload a video the shame is i get i lose all the chat history which which people could look at so um, you know it's um it's a shame. Maybe I'll just leave this up and have a secondary video that if people want to watch it in a higher quality, they can do that. This is kind of what our final image looks like. I'm more or less happy with the quality here, I must say, and I like where this is going. And perhaps we just uh, we just leave it here, shall we? That's, that's kind of cool. Oh, really? That's that's good to know. That's good to know. It's just I'm, I'm going by this message that I'm getting from YouTube here. I'm just being being told, hey, your stream quality is really bad and we're not receiving what they're saying. The keyframe frequency isn't high enough, which is which is weird because um, my that's that's really not anything I'm fiddling with. It's just, you know, it's just one of those things. 
Anyway, I'll post this, the final render of this. I'll just let this render and render out. I'm gonna either post that on my YouTube community tab or I'm gonna post it on the Facebook page and on my Renderosity gallery. And then you can have a look at the high-res file. I believe I could also share this file with you, but on older content, it's a little bit weird. Uh, that DAS says, well, hey, I can't automatically install this with Install Manager and you need to map those files. If you're interested in that, you know, do let me know. I can, I can, I'm more than happy to make it available. And in fact, you know, let me make sure I'll save it before it gets lost forever. There we go. That was it for today. I hope you found this very helpful. Is this me full screen? Yes, I hope you found this very helpful. I found this exciting. I found this really entertaining. And I'm really looking forward to these weekly streams. It makes me really focus on what are you going to come up with next? What tips and tricks can you tell people? What, what else can you share? So uh, I'm getting a lot out of it. I'm so glad to see that you're getting a lot out of it as well. I love all your tips. I appreciate uh, this chipping in, this real community spirit here. And you know, that's, that's very nice. Big thank you to 3D Universe for these figures, which have been sitting on my hard drive for like 15 years, or at least on my DAS account for 15 years. Thank you so much to Danny and Malfono for their absolutely stunning work about poses, about little uh, background knickknacks and gadgets. Don't forget the White Spring collection is currently on sale over on Renderosity. It's, uh, if you buy one product this month, this is a this is a great one to have a look at. It has so many options. There's literally so much opportunity to play around with. And I might share some of my other images that I'm making with these white spring collections on my Renderosity gallery there and on Facebook if I want to find the time. So um, one other thing I wanted to let you know is that if you want to support me on my mission to make the world a better place and the DAS Poserverse a better place, you can support me on Patreon. The link is in the description there. You can give anything from $1 to, I don't know, $4 million every month if you want to do that. Uh, if you do that, the $4 million a month, that'd be really cool because I could quit my day job immediately. And I, if, you, if somebody would do that, if the, I, doesn't have to be four million but you know the more people chip in i promise you daily live streams like this this is this is going to be cool right now i can only about manage one a week and uh maybe one or two other videos on a really good week and the rest of my time is sadly eaten up with my day job but you know the more people support me the more content i'll be able to produce and create Guys, thank you so much for watching. Have a wonderful, wonderful weekend. I'll be here next Friday and uh, watch out for that latest installment in the Das Studio 101 series where we're talking about cameras. I will see you next time. Take care. Bye-bye.